this week and even in this season of our lives, sometimes we think that we've been through so many things in our lives that God is done with us, that we've failed and we haven't gotten to where we need to be and we're not where we should be and that it's all over and done. But God still has more for us. As long as we're on this earth, God has more in store for all of us to fulfill his purpose and to do his will. And we forget that a lot of times because we look at who we are not rather than who God wants us to be and where he's taken us. And so today I want to talk about uh, just this title of You Belong. And this has been on my heart probably for the last couple of weeks, just thinking about how we belong, where God's called us and where we are currently. And it may, it may be either one of the two. Sometimes we are in a new place that God wants us to be in or he's calling us into a place, but we belong there. But many times we feel that we don't. And there may be many reasons why. And I want to reflect from the life of Moses to kind of give us some descriptions on that. So I'm going to read from Exodus 2 and verse 10. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So most of my, my descriptions today will come from the New Living Translation. But we're going to start in Exodus chapter 2, verse 10. All right, it says, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So here in this chapter, Moses was currently in Midian, and he had been in Midian for some time, and he was tending the flocks of his father, father-in-law, Jethro. But how he got there was he had started out, he was born in Egypt. And during that time, the Israelites was facing uh, heavy persecution. And they had become such a great number that Pharaoh was scared about, about the people of Israel and thought that the people, like there's war or something, they, they can, the people of Israel can turn on them and then overtake them. So he said, well, look, let's enslave them and keep them captive. So what happened is they began to enslave the people of Israel. And so, but they continued to grow. And then his next plan was to kill all the males. If, so if there was any, any female children, they weren't worried about, but all the males to kill. And they were talking to some of the Hebrew midwives. But the midwives, they went ahead, whenever the child was born, they allowed the child to live. They didn't um, heed the voice of Pharaoh because they still feared the Lord. So then when Pharaoh came to them and said, hey, why are you allowing these male children to live? He said, look, the Hebrews, you know, when they have babies, it's like, it's like something quick, super fast. And by the time we get there, the baby's already born. But then he still gives a call to kill all, these ma all the male children. But when Moses was born, his mother saw that there was something unique and special about him. And so she put him in a basket and placed him in the Nile River and to see what would happen to him. And so now when he is taken, what's happened is that Pharaoh's daughter sees him and takes him as his own, as her own, and then allows the mother to nurse him. So now he grows up in the house of Pharaoh. And so now as he grows up, he goes out one day and he sees an Israelite and a Hebrew and an Egyptian striving together. So he comes in between it, but in between them, but he winds up killing the Egyptian. So then, and then buries him in the sand. And then the next day, he sees two uh, Hebrews that are arguing. And so he goes before them to kind of say, hey, what are you guys doing? You guys are both brothers. And so one calls him out and mentions the fact that, are you going to do me like you did? I'm just paraphrasing. Are you going to treat me the way that you treated this other, this other Egyptian and killed him? And he said, oh, 
it's almost like he was shocked about it. And so then he ran. So he ran from Egypt and Pharaoh did find out about him and he did want to chase after and kill him. So he ran out to Midian. And so now he's running out as a murderer. So now in, 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 in times past, the time comes, he gets married, he has a family. So it's like a whole different life that he's living from where he was in, in Egypt. And sometimes things happen to us in our lives. Right, we make decisions, not saying there's murder, but we make different decisions in our lives that bring us to certain places. We have different experiences that brings us to where we are right now. If you think about where we're at, where each of us may be right now, there's different circumstances and some were positive, some were negative that brought us to the place that we are, but sometimes they impact us negatively and they affect us. But then there's a time when God comes to us and calls us, right. like he's calling Moses, calling Moses out of this burning bush that mm -hmm. takes him by surprise. Mm -hmm. So it takes him by surprise. He comes to see what it is. And then God begins to speak to him and tell him exactly what he's to do. He is to go back. He, he's, God is already saying in verse eight, in uh, chapter three, verse eight, he says, so I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is the land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the, the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, uh, for the, look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Go now, this is verse 10 that we're talking about, now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. Now think about that. He's calling him to go back to the place in which he left as a murderer. And he ran from a place in which he has committed a crime and asking to go back. God is asking him to go back to Pharaoh and to bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But then what happens when, when God calls us and when we're thinking about you belong, and I really, I'm going to parallel this a little bit and really think about our own lives is we begin to think of everything that we're not. We don't think that we belong where we are, our situation seems too hard, or how am I gonna make it? And so whenever we think about these things, we think of who we cannot be. And the first thing I wanna bring up here that Moses said, because he spoke of five things that he had doubts about. And it's oftentimes those are the same doubts that we have ourselves. And so this first point that I wanted to make is that when God calls us, one of the first things we notice is our stature. And so we just want to write the word stature down. We can just write that down and think about stature. So the first thing that Moses said was when God says this, I'm sending you to go. He says in verse 11, Moses protested to God and said, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of the people of Israel out of Egypt? One of the first things we begin to do, we think about how our stature is, and we think of ourselves as small. We think that we don't belong where God's calling us. How can I go to this school? How can I go around these people? How can I talk to my wife? Maybe God's telling you to say something to her or, or to, your, to your husband, or God's asking you to go to a certain place. What you begin to think about is I don't belong there. Who am I to do that? I, don't, I may not have a PhD. I may not have the certifications or the qualifications or the rank or whatever position or money to be able to say that I belong in, these, in this person's company. I don't belong there. And oftentimes we think about that. We think about our small stature as opposed to God calling us in, into the spacious place. And that's one of the first things that we do. 
I don't belong in this place that you're calling me. But in Proverbs 18 and 16, you know, it, God says that your gift will make room for you and bring you in the company of great men or bring you before great men. The gift that God's given you will do that. But we don't think about the gift. We think about the company of people and we say that we don't belong. But the answer to this is that God called you and God will be with you, even in spite of those things. And I, these are the things that we need to rehearse in our minds, even for myself, that I go through. And I'll share a personal story here in a second, but that we belong because there's been times in the military and outside of that, when I came into a certain room, I would think that maybe I don't belong here, that people are of a higher rank or maybe they have a higher education than I do, and I don't belong. Even though I may be at the top enlisted rank, I still think that, that I don't belong here. Instead of knowing that, that I do because God's placed me there. And what he's given me is going to be just enough for what the people need. But we have to begin to think that. So then, but begin to think of the positive that God has placed me there for a purpose. And it is important I'm there and I do belong there. Not to be prideful, but to know that God's placed me there. And so God's answer to him was in, in Exodus 12, 3 and 12, he says, certainly I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve and worship God at this mountain. So he talks to him, not, he's telling him, look, I'm going to be with you, but you'll know that this is true when you've already brought the people out and brought them into this mountain. So you've already completed the work, but he's letting them know that he's with us. And that's a promise for all of us. That God is with us no matter where we're at, no matter what we go through, no matter what we experience. When we talked about just as we were, as we were listening to uh, Torrin Wells with, with Hills and Valleys, he's with us in the hills and the valleys, the good and the bad. He doesn't leave us. And in spite of the difficult situations that we may experience, his grace has kept us. And he's always given us space wherever we've been at. And when we look back, we could see that God was there even during the difficult, hard times, in the valley of the shadow of death, for God is yet with us even there. He is there. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. But then we begin to question, if we go on to the second point, it, then it's like, well, what, what shall I say if I'm there? Okay, I, I got it, Lord. If you're going to call me into this place, and this in the place where I may not feel like I belong, what am I going to tell these people? And that's something that I've done often in my own life. I've said, well, what am I going to say? Moses says in verse 13, behold, when I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers, your ancestors has sent me to you. And they say to me, well, what is his name? And what shall I say to them? See, the thing is, it's not that we're not just questioning what we're going to say. We're already disqualifying ourselves. Because again, we don't believe we belong there. So what am I even going to tell these people? I'm already going to a place where I don't feel like I belong. So what in the world I'm going to tell them that's going to make them listen to me? We begin to think about that. Even in our families, what am I going to tell them that they're going to listen to me? Like for me and my family, everyone's, a lot of my family members still call me Little Ham. And, I, and even though I don't go home often, they still think of me, some of the things I used to do when I was a child. So even though I've come, uh, I would like to think that I've come a long way from that, from that point, but a lot of people still consider me as far as who I am. There is some dissension in, in, within the children. One, one, one shakes his head and says no. <laughs> but, 
but we but there's some things as far as that, that may not change but then we be, we mature and we're different but we allow what people think about us we we allow it to be projected on ourselves so then if i'm always thinking in this mindset as i'm 46 years old that i'm still little hemp and the negative things that people may think about me from those times or even other times in your life. People thought that you may have been a low down, dirty scoundrel, or you was a bad person, you was this and that, and they may have that, then I'm going to doubt that I belong there. I don't belong around these people because that's what we do. We begin to think about all the bad things that we've done. We think of all the mistakes we made. We think of all the things that we didn't do for God. How can God use me now? What am I gonna tell them? I begin to feel rejection because we fear that. We fear rejection from people. That if I begin to speak up and speak out, that people are gonna say, I don't, I don't want your, I don't receive your message. But what we really are thinking is that I don't receive you. And what most people want in this life is to be loved, accepted, and appreciated. Everybody, we all have that. So that's often one of our fears is that when I go around these people, I don't belong there because I'm scared that I'm going to be rejected. I'm scared that if I say the wrong thing, they're not going to receive what I say and I'm going to feel that rejection. So then I don't know what to say and I don't know what to do, so I'd rather not do anything at all. And that's often the response that we have. We often don't give any response. We just choose to stay back and not say anything at all. But this was the answer when we think about what God is beginning to, to uh, as we begin to move forward here, as Moses spoke, God will give us what to say. And he does that in verses 14 to 18. And what happens is that the people who need what you have will accept your message. And that's what I want you to understand. You may not be called to speak to the entire world. And there may be people that may not receive what you have to say, but there are people that God is calling you to that will. God was sending Moses to speak a specific message to specific people. It wasn't that he was going to go to another country or some other place. I want you to go to Israel, the people of Israel. Go back and speak to them. And so your message that God has for you or whatever he wants you to do is for a specific person. And that doesn't mean that other people are not going to receive it. They may not receive it. And it may not be for them. But let us not think about the people that are not going to receive it. Let's think about the ones that will. And that we will go forward because God will give you what to say. When we think about even this, uh, you know, the church service that we started, you know, there's a lot of fears for me right now. That it was on my heart just before my father passed to start a church. And I was working actually maybe a couple months before. And so I was working with the local uh, church, uh, local uh, military base to start Bible study services. And I actually had a couple services on the base before my father uh, became so ill to where uh, I wound up going home. And so I went home for the month of November of 2018 before he passed and I never started a church service again. But then as our family came together, that was what was on my heart. It was on my heart, but then I'm still thinking like, well, what are people gonna say? How am I gonna start it? And there was a, there was a lot of fears that I had. I had a lot of questions, questions that maybe I don't belong. Or what am I going to tell people? And, and are they going to receive what I say? But, but then as I spoke the first message, God came back and confirmed, just said, just continue to speak and help people out of the pandemic. That's what he's called me to do. And so all the messages that I speak now are geared toward that, to help us to get out of this pandemic, as it's affecting us differently, but it's still impacting us. 
And so we want to make sure that we're trusting in him because there's even fears I have. I thought these same things as Moses had thought that I don't belong or there's places I'm in. How am I going to get these things done? What am I going to say? But God's going to give us what we need when we need it to the people that he needed. It may not be, we think about because I can't reach 10 million people, I'm not effective. But then when one sinner repents, all of heaven rejoices. So then if that's my thought process, then it's not about the millions, it's about the eaches. It's about the one. When he talks, when Jesus talks about leaving the 99 sheep and going for the one, the one mattered. In the world, they would leave the one and stick with the 99. That's what the world does. Because the world is like, well, there's more people here than 99 quantity over quality. But one, one sinner, it means the world to God. So then, and when you think about that one person that's in the wilderness, if you have a sheep in the wilderness, they're scared, they're afraid. There's a, there's a work you have to go traveling around to find where they are. They may be hidden somewhere. And then when you find them, it's not like they're going to jump in your arms because they've been through a lot. And they're afraid and scared. And they may fight you where you're trying to save them. And it, it's a work to be able to walk with them. Right. But God will give you what to say when you need to say it, where you are. Each of us are in a different place, but he's calling you. And where he's calling you, some of you are already where you belong, but some of you, God is calling you to the place that you belong to. But don't worry, don't be dismayed, because God will give you what to say at that time. That we don't have to be concerned about who's around us or what we're going to say, because he's going to provide those things for us. And in, that, in the third point that I want to share from, this kind of goes along with what I was talking about a little bit earlier, that everyone doesn't receive your message. There, there's going to be some things that we may have to go through in this process, because that's what, what uh, God was speaking to Moses, was that everyone, you're going to go through some trials and some tests. And I was in, he's speaking about that in verses 19 to 20, that he's saying that, okay, now I'm going to give you what to say, but guess what? But I know that the king of Israel, in verse 19 of chapter 3, I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kind of miracles among them. Then at last, he will let you go. And I want you to think about this. He says, I will, you know, I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. This is what God is going to do. This is his ability. And oftentimes we think of our inability, but it is his ability and what he does through us. All he's looking for us to do is give him our yes and to obey him and to go in those directions. And sometimes we will do that with questions. We will do that maybe fearful. Some, even in me, where I'm walking in right now, I still have questions about how to form this church, how to do that. I don't know. But I'm going to continue to walk slowly because I know that he's going to do it. All I have to do is be obedient and yep. trust in him. I have one of a dear friend of mine, Pastor Lowe in Japan, and I was talking to him earlier this week, and he was talking about working. Basically, he was saying working while you wait. It doesn't mean that we're going to be lazy, but we're going to begin to do something for God. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do it was on my heart to start back these services. I didn't know how it was going to look. There's not like a praise team, a worship team, and we have, you know, the ushers and chairs. We're in a pandemic, but we're going to start what we got. We have a Zoom call. We got a computer. Then let's go, and we'll start from there, and then we'll, then we'll see what God has for us. 
So God wants to use the little bit that you have is all that's needed. We don't need to have the fancy show. A lot of us think we need to have the full production before we can move out. But you say, all I have is this little bit. And God says, that's enough. That's all I'm looking for. I'm not looking for the much because I'm going to bring glory out of what people believe is little. That's what's even more amazing. When God begins to show up and show out, out of that, they're like, how did, how did that even happen? How, how was God able to do that? It's him. Yeah. Not us. It's him. Right. So he looks at, we see the little, because people see the little, and they'll identify that only God can do that. But if we do it in our own strength, then we'll, we'll take the credit for it. That's why God some, oftentimes chooses the weak things, the small, the little, to glorify him. Because people will know that there was no way that this was able to happen unless God did it. So we can't take the credit for that. So he's saying he's going to do this. And then he's also sharing what's going to occur to the Egyptians. But yet again, even in all of that, sometimes we still have questions and concerns. We still do. So then, in the, this fourth point, I, I just wanted to point out what Moses was saying is that probably like, I'm not this or I'm not that. We begin to continue to look at who we're not. And in Exodus 4 and 10, he pleads with God again. He said, oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I've never been. And I'm not, I'm, and I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. He, now, he identifies God speaking to him. But he says, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. And what happens here, when I begin to say I'm not this or I'm not that, part of it is I begin to compare myself with other people. I may see the most eloquent or the most professional in whatever profession that is. It may not be public speaking. It could be selling cars. It could be playing video games. It could be, you know, doing whatever, plumbing. You think of whoever's at the very top of the game. You're thinking of that person and comparing yourself to that. You say, well, I'm not like that person. How can I go out there? I've doubted that. I've told Yolanda, we've talked about that a few times. And sometimes I don't think I'm the most eloquent in speech. And sometimes I think that I can do better and I begin to doubt my own self. I may not say that I'm tongue-tied, but I don't always say something in the most eloquent way and or a way that encourages. Most people talk, think of me as always having the sword out. And I talk to Angela all the time about the sword. And I'm like, yeah, I just cutting people. And instead of having this, you know, she has the, the most beautiful way to put things. You know, Yolanda is so graceful, and, you know, with her words and so loving. And her words are so encouraging and impactful. And I look at them like, wow, Lord, that's just amazing. And it's beautiful what God's given her to share with people. And then there I am with the sword, like, shout. And it's, but that's who God made me. And, and I have to learn to, to be comfortable in the person God's made me and what he's called me to do. And even when I see the, the flaws, and that's what we sometimes see. We see the flaws. We see who we're not, as opposed to, again, God being able to use those things to be able to glorify him. And where he's called me and who he's called me is just enough. And so now I have to begin to stop looking at the bad and the negative and who I'm not and to see who God is and that who I am is who God made me to be and what he needs to be able to accomplish his purpose in this life. Who you are is who God made you. 
He made me as this dark-skinned man with these glasses. And sometimes we think that we're, we're, we're ugly or we're thin, we're big, we're too small, whatever it is, we begin to look at everything that's not as opposed to what is. God's called you. He's given you a word. He will walk with you. He will help you. And all of those things that you look at as negatives, they're positives for God. That even in spite of what you think is negative, I can still use it. I can still use you in spite of that because we believe that we believe that. We begin to believe that God can't use me as I am, as is. If you think about a used car lot and you have these and you have on the sticker it says as is, take it. We think that God can't use us like that. And God is like, you're perfect. That's all I need. All I need is someone that's willing to say yes. Just to give me their yes. And you're perfect. And we think when we when God comes to us, we keep thinking about all the things that we have that happened in our past. And those things may have been true, some of them not. But God says, I still want to use you. And then at the end of it all, in verse 13, and and Exodus 4 13. God, Moses speaks his last message to, to uh, God. And so it's almost like in this, in this statement I have, just send someone else. I don't belong here. So he just flat out says, but Moses plead, again pleaded, Lord, please send someone else. Don't even send me. I've disqualified myself. And what happens is we begin to disqualify our own selves. God, God, now think about this. God is speaking to him. He's answered every single concern that he's had. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you what to say. I'm, I'm going to do all these things for you. And then even in all of that, we still say, Lord, I'm not the one. I'm not going to move. I'm not going to go. I don't feel like that, that I am the one that can accomplish this purpose because of how we see ourselves. And I talked about that the other, other week about what we see, what you're looking at. Mm -hmm. And what we're looking at is who we're not. We look at fear. We look at negativity. And that's when we begin to portray that false evidence of hearing real. We begin to create a world in which we don't belong in. I don't belong here, Lord. You can't use me. I've been through too much. I'm this, I'm that. We think because we went through something bad, we're a bad person. Because we had some disappointments, I'm a disappointment. We begin to think of all of these things in such a negative way that we cancel ourselves out from the goodness that God has for us. You, you give up, we give it up ourselves. And it's often not even because of someone else. It's because we won't continue to say, I belong here. That in spite of those things, that I am enough because of what he's placed in us, because of his power, he makes up the difference. It's his grace that's sufficient, for his power is made perfect in our weakness. Everywhere there's a, there's a, a mind, you think about, you know, uh, five plus five, for us may equal six. God makes up the difference with grace and adds the other four. He'll make up that part, because that's what we're looking at. We're seeing that we don't have enough, but God is enough, and he's all, and he's going to help us to overcome. And what happens here? When he said that, just send somebody else, that he's going to send what you need and who you need. Like, even as I was thinking about the, the church service and how, when beginning church and before Yolanda and I were married, probably about six or seven months before, the Lord tell, told me that I needed a, an evangelist to go forward. That, 
and because that wasn't me, I'm not the, a lot of people see me as a, a large extrovert and I'm always talking things, but I'm an introvert. And, and I struggle oftentimes with some of those uh, communications or starting conversations and interactions, even though I'll talk all day to the cows come home, come back, feed them and send them back out again. I'll talk, but I have a struggle with that. When I think about evangelism and going out and preaching to people about the gospel and different things, there are some struggles that I have. But God said, I'll send you an evangelist. An evangelist will help you. And who is an evangelist? This woman. <laughs> the, the, the great evangelist. And, and what's amazing is, is awesome uh, because as we go forward now, there was a time that she wanted to talk with someone and uh, one of our neighbors across the street, and she's like, well, I really want to talk to her. And, and this is one of the few times that we see, saw her outside and we was driving off. And so we got to the corner. I was like, you know what? We're going to talk to her right now. We're going to bust a U-turn. <laughs> you know, we're going to we bust a U-turn and drove right on back to be able to speak with her because that's on her heart. The, the hearts of our neighbors is on her heart. She has that heart for evangelism and heart for people. And it doesn't mean that I don't care for people. It doesn't mean I don't like people or I don't want to engage. But God gives each of us specific gifts. And often he will merge us together and allow us to be in connection because where I may be lacking or quote unquote lacking, I'll just use, you know, I don't have a better word to use now. So I have my quotes and my air quotes, but where I may be, um, I have a deficiency in one area, that's someone else's strength. So that's her strength. So as we're one, we make up the whole. And what's going to happen is that God is going to place people in your life to help you to do that when it's your time. He's going to give you the resources resources, people, and send you to certain places that's going to help you to accomplish that purpose that he's given you. And there's things, and even for me, that I may have a strong suit in an area that maybe she needs some encouragement in. But in the same way, we balance each other out. And I love that. I love what God has done between us. I absolutely love it. And what the Lord says to, to Moses in the situation, when Moses, when Moses is like, look, flat out, just send somebody else. Don't send me. He says in verse 14 of chapter 4, the Lord became angry with Moses and said, all right, but what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he speaks well. And look, he is on his way to meet you now. He will be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. I will be your, he will be your mouthpiece, and you will stand in the place of God for him telling him what to say and take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs I've shown you. So even in spite of our doubts, even in spite of the things we don't believe, God will still call us five times. He, Moses spoke to, to God saying in some way, shape or form, I'm not qualified. Yeah, I'm not your guy. I don't belong. But five times God has answered, you're the guy I'm looking for. And I want you to believe that wherever you are today, whatever God's situation God has you in, you belong. Whatever situation God is calling you to, you belong. Oftentimes, when we belong in a certain area, we're going to have to use skills and gifts in which we may not have used before or in ways we have not used. Whereas Moses didn't think he was an eloquent speaker, now I'm going to use you to speak. Because there came a point when he was standing before Pharaoh and he was speaking before him boldly it wasn't Aaron it was Moses was speaking so even though Moses had this concern about his speech 
When he began to walk out the things of God, God began to work through him. And it may be that time when you get the comfortable in, this, in that time as we're trusting in God and leaning on his grace to help us in those areas. So it may be a time when, when starting out, then I say, well, I may have these concerns about engaging people. So Yolanda's going out to do that. Then it may come a time, you know what? I got this. And then I'm, I begin to step out because I begin to see her and I begin to see how a person that operates in the spirit of evangelism begins to engage with others and I begin to learn from her. And then I'm encouraged by her heart. I'm encouraged by her boldness. I'm encouraged about her, her grace and how she goes out to, to interact with others. So then when I see that, then I say, okay, well, you know what? I, I have boldness too. And I, and I thank you for showing me, now I'm gonna go out because iron sharpens iron. And in that moment, when I felt that I was dull in a certain area, God uses my wife to be able to sharpen me. She, he uses her to be able to encourage me so that we can go out and do the things that God is calling us to do. So again, as we begin to close this message, I didn't want to be before you too long, but there's four things, a few things I want to share with you. I think it is four. And I shared one of them already that where God calls you, he prepares and he provides for you. That's the first thing I want you to know. That where God calls you, he prepares you and he provides. And if you would see that even in the past, the things that you begin to look back and the things over your life, that your experiences begin to add up to where he'll use those things to help you where he's calling you. And I want you to know the second thing is to stay before God as Moses did. That's important. It's critical. See, y'all, oftentimes when we begin, we don't belong, we go away from God. We'll go away from our friends, especially the friends that we know that's going to tell us how it is or tell us the truth. We'll walk away from them. So then we begin to allow the, our negative thoughts to become reality. So when, we're talk, when I was talking about the other week, what we're looking at, we begin to see all the negativity and we begin to cancel ourselves out. So we have to be, continue to go before God, casting all of our cares. Talk about that in 1 Peter 5 and 7 passing all of our cares before the Lord before he cares for us. So even those fears, casting all cares, Lord, I am afraid. It's okay to tell the Lord that you're afraid to do something. He's your father and he loves you and he'll help you through it. Tell him what's honestly on your heart. He already knows. But for us to be able to admit that, Lord, I need help in this area and I'm afraid. And it doesn't mean that because you're afraid, he's going to say, you know what, since you're afraid, we're just not going to send you. Oh, no. As you notice, just with Moses, he's going to still call you there. But he's going to send all the help and resources that you need, the exact things that you need to be able to accomplish the purpose that he has, which is to be glorify himself. We're all are created. All of us, our children, we, you, we're all created to glorify God. And he's doing that. He's allowing us to connect in this time, in this, this season of our lives, but we're each called to reach different people. Each of us. It's not just because I'm a pastor. You have friends and family members that God will help you to be able to speak to. The people, even your family members at times, some of them may see you as that negative young little boy or girl. They don't see you as a person of stature or a man or woman of God. They see you from your past. There's friends that you have that see you from your past. They don't see you as who you are today. And that's okay. 
because nothing that they say or do will cancel or diminish who God called you to be. It doesn't. That just means you continue to preach the word. They may not receive it. It's not for them, but don't allow what those people say to keep you from going forward and doing what God called you to do. Because just as with Moses, God told Moses that Pharaoh's not going to receive your word. He ain't, you ain't, he's not going to listen unless a mighty hand is brought against them. Keep speaking. So where God's calling you, keep speaking. Keep going in those places where he's calling you to go. And remember, his message is for you. The word that he speaks is for you. You belong where God's calling you, where you are and where he's calling you. For some of you, it's where you are. And you may be in a place where you say, you know what, I don't belong here. I want to leave. But you belong there. That may mean that you may need to have different skills. You may need to tap into different things to be able to succeed in that area. Oftentimes, if you think about, and I was talking to a friend the other day, when you were making certain decisions at 18, if you make those same decisions and your thought process at 18, when you were 35, it would be utter destruction in your life. So you've had to change based on your experience to know that I can't continue to act the way I was at 18. I have to change because I'm 35. And then when I'm 45, I can't make the same decisions when I was 35. I have to change because my life situations changed. So we continue to evolve as people. We continue to grow as God continues to, to, to deal with us, to continue to work with us. Our experiences and what we're exposed to should allow us to mature and to grow little by little, faith by faith, glory to glory, continuing to grow. And then the last thing that I want to share as we begin to close here, when you're called, no one can disqualify you but you. If God calls you, you're called. And he will give you, as we talked about, everything that you need to succeed. But you can disqualify yourself by saying, I'm not going to go. When God told all this to Moses, Moses went out to begin to do what God said. He returned to it. his father-in-law, talked to his father-in-law to receive his blessing, to move, to go back to Egypt. And then he began to operate. And sometimes that may be with those same thoughts. But then I'm going to continue to rehearse in my mind what God said and where he called me. Mm -hmm. To know that I belong where he's calling me. Mm -hmm. And when I thought about, just to kind of share about uh, salvation as we close, when, when I came to the Lord, or when I was thinking about coming to the Lord, I thought I had to be perfect. I thought that everything in my life had to be right. So before, there's church service on Sunday. So I'm like, okay, I heard the message probably about a month prior. I was, this time I was stationed in Japan and I went on a uh, temporary duty to Alaska. And there was a brother of mine that invited me out to church out there. I didn't want to go to church, but I went. I went to church and I was like, wow, this, this is an impactful message. I want to be a Christian. So then um, I come back to Japan, but then I'm attending a church service. And I said, I'm only going to accept salvation if I can live right all week and make no mistakes. The first week, I didn't make it to Wednesday. I'm like, oh, man, I made a mistake. I'm too bad to go before God. So I'm just not going to go. I go to church. The altar call is given, but I don't go forward. The next week, I say, okay, this week, I'm going to try again. I'm going I'm to go all the way. I, go, I get all the way to Sunday, to Saturday evening. I see him and make a mistake. I'm like, nope, I'm not good enough to go. And it got to the place where this, this time where God spoke to me and said, just come. 
and just come and receive, even if you've made mistakes before in your life, even if you're not doing everything. Because what I didn't understand at the time, I thought I needed to be perfect to come to God. But what I didn't understand is God accepts me just as I am, just where I am, just as I am. And he accepts you too. I didn't understand that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. While we were yet in our mistakes, he's calling us. And oftentimes we think of things from a worldly point of view, that because I've made mistakes, God can't use me no more. He's done using me. But then you think about it with Moses, Moses committed murder. But God said, I'm going to use you to do something great for me. I'm calling you to free my people and to speak a message to my people so that they'll be released from their slavery. I'm calling you to do that, to lead millions of people out of Egypt from the hand, from up under the hand of Pharaoh. So when we come to him, I had to understand and going back that I just have to give God my yes. And so after a few weeks, I come before the altar to accept and receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior to receive him and to understand that I belong. We all belong in the family of God. And he wants each and every person in the entire world to receive him, to know that even in spite of your mistakes, that God loves you, that God is calling you to have an eternal existence. And oftentimes we make mistakes because we want to be loved, appreciated, and accepted. And somewhere along the way, we haven't received that. Somewhere along the way, we've made some mistakes where we, do, we feel that there's distrust in our life, there's disappointment, there's sadness, and there's pain, not understanding that there's a point in our lives when God's going to wipe all of that away in eternity for us. Man, he's placed this eternity in our hearts, and we try to fill it with other people and other things, whether it's video games, it's music, it's something else. We're playing sports, we have some hobby, something we're trying to feel a void that's in our hearts that can only be filled with God and letting us know that he belongs in the family, that we belong in the family of God. We belong in his family as his children and he's calling each of us back to him. So even if you've made a mistake, if you don't know the Lord, that you can come before him and receive salvation and we can repent of your sins, have your sins cleansed and be cleansed from all the mindset and all the things that you've been through so that you can have eternal existence with him. That even if we've made a mistake, you've made a mistake, you belong, you belong in the family of God, come back to him. Some of us has left God because we feel like what we've done is too much for him to receive me again. But that's not true. That he loves each of us and he will receive each of us if we just turn back to him and turn and repent. And our, some of us may not need to repent. Some of us just walked away and just to come back, Lord, I'm here. And I need you back. And I want to be back in your family. I know that I belong. You belong. We all belong in the family of God. And I pray today that we will receive him. And that we understand that we belong. And where he's called us is where we deserve to be. You deserve to be there because he's called you there. And he has a purpose for your life. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, we thank you for today, oh God. We thank you for this time, this message you've given us, oh God, to remind us, oh God, that we belong where we are and where you're calling us, Father God. Help us, oh God, as we, like Moses, sometimes think of all the things that we're not. We think of every reason why we're disqualified, oh God, and why we don't deserve to be where you're calling us, oh God. But in spite of all of the things, oh God, that we see negative within ourselves, you see one positive thing. 
is that we're your children and you've called us to yourself, Lord God. That you're giving us gifts and talents. You have a purpose for us, Lord God. You want us to glorify you, Lord God, through our good works, Father God. Help us, Lord God, to be obedient to you, Lord God, and to move forward in the things that you called us to do, Lord God. Help us not to walk in fear, to walk in disappointment, shame, or guilt, Lord God. You're greater than our hearts, Lord God. And you have everything within your hand, Lord God, to give us, Lord God, to encourage us, Lord God, and to give us purpose, Lord God, of being, Father God. Give us hope for today, hope for tomorrow, and hope for eternity, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you will help each and every person, Lord God, that listens to this message, Lord God. Help them in the midst of their lives, Lord God, that you allow them to know that they belong. Father, we love you and we bless you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, Lord God, we thank you and we praise you. Amen.